It's over. Kabish? Over and done. You call or go anywhere near him or his family, and they'll be scraping your nipples off these fine leather seats. And here's the point to remember. My face is the last one you'll see, not Tony's. We understand each other? It won't be cinematic. You are listening to Pada Bing, a podcast that breaks down every episode of The Sopranos, sometimes frame by frame, every week. This week we are talking about Season 3, Episode 12, Amorfo or Amofo, depending on your predilection, directed by Tim Van Patten. Written by Frank Renzulli and David Chase. The writing credits I learned from David Chase on the director's cut are arbitrated by guilds. So all writers aren't reflected on the show. Apparently, everybody in the writer's room is involved on most of the episodes. But only certain numbers of people can get the credit on the opening rolling thing. And it was interesting that he made a point to say that in the director's cut, especially in light of the... Robin Green interview. Well, this episode specifically got uh, Van Patten his Emmy and, for and for directing, and James Gandolfini. That's for right. This episode. So good. Um, Robin, though David Chase said, wrote a lot of the Carmella stuff on this episode. So Great. it is delegated. It's not just one person or like two people that write it. He kind of like de facto said, like just because you have the credit on the screen doesn't mean that I didn't have my hand. No, why not? Do. Oh, do not. There is no try. This is one of David Chase's favorite episodes, per the director's cut. And as John just alluded to, James Gandolfini won an Emmy for his performance. So Amor Fu is a big episode. It's my favorite penultimate episode. Really? It is a great penultimate episode. Thank you for saying that. Are you a fan of this episode? I love this episode. It's emotional, right? Yeah. Powerful. Let's jump right in. HBO synopsis, inspired by a tale from Ralph about how his father got made, Jackie Jr. decides to make his move in organized crime by instigating a robbery caper at a local card game. Reminded by Melfi of the psychological parallels between his relationships with Gloria and his mother, Tony finds it harder and harder to spend time with his crazy love. Opening sequence... Museum, my favorite place to start. Yeah. That shot with From the Ring Yeah, is insane. Amazing, right? I don't know how they even did that. That ring is, it's fair to say, is a character at this point. Mm -hmm. So the music is the same from Pine Barrens. So good. The first time the music was bridged episodically in this fashion. It ends Pine Barrens and it starts Amor Faux. We're standing amongst a series of Rodin statues. His work, of course, was noted for its portrayal of existential angst. So we got Mm -hmm. more existential angst ending season three. It's fitting that we're sharing an existential moment between Carmela and Meadow. Yeah, right? so that's it's all, true. I didn't think of it's that. It's all tied in. I love that opening scene. I tried to find more meaning behind the statues, but I think existential just hits it right on the nose. 
I assume they'd be regal and tall and white, but they were very, very like recoiled and sad. And well, with these two characters sort of epitomizing the purity, or at least the most grounded characters that we can relate to, and they're surrounded by these, like they are in their lives, by these men full of despair and Mm. angst and issues. Yeah, Meadows earrings. Any thoughts? So nineties. Did you wear those? No. That lip color, though, maybe. Meadows grades, though, you rocked those, right? I rocked Meadows bad grades, yeah. yeah. Intro to semiotics. Again, she's trying to flex to her mom, and the classic Carmelo response to that would be, like, did you pick that up in last week's reading assignment, which I was hoping she would say, but we... This episode, by the way, you get a lot of stuff that we've already seen, a lot of repeater lines and stuff mm-hmm. in the next next episode as well. Um, so that would have been an apropos moment for them. The Jack, consistency in the dialogue. Consistency in the dialogue. I like yeah. that. Frank Renzulli, by the way, remind me to tell you a spot where it's all him, according to David Chase. Jackie and Meadow are so over. I've used that line. I still use that line. So over. What does that say about me as a 38-year-old male, father of two kids, <laughs> that I still say so over? I'm so it's over cute. it. You're I'm so to, over it. You're like youthful. If someone says something about a restaurant, like Guisados in Echo Park, <laughs> I'll say I'm so over it. Yeah. Anyway, the piano baritone, when Carm sees the painting that melts her, it affects me and it affects most viewers. I heard in the director's cut this morning, it affected even David Chase. He actually says it in the director's cut right there when the music comes in. He lets you know that this is the part that moves him. And he addresses the change in the music, which I thought was amazing. It made Mm. me very happy. It gives me a chill. I love it, he said. The line that Meadow says to Carmela, she's marrying a baby? Good luck. And Carmelo's response is fire. You all do. What? I shouldn't be sarcastic. It makes every man check himself in the mirror. Her rebuttal was really quick, too. Like that. It came back faster than I anticipated yeah. Carmela to say it. Yeah. But I believed her. Like, uh, totally. The line was set up really quick, but especially for her, she was sad. I just wasn't expecting her to, like, joke like that, but it kind of worked for me. I loved it. Well, this whole episode is kind of her wanting to d- deal with that whole crack hour thing, right? Should I leave Tony? Should I leave Tony? And we're going to get to the— Is that what we think is really going on? But she wants another baby. Well, let's, let's, let's get there. Let's save that. She mentions the baby, the innocence of the baby— there's an emphasis on the word innocent. Any thoughts there? I don't know, because that contradicts that all men are babies, because y'all aren't innocent. I think it's a foreshadowing to a future episode. She's getting this, what you'd call like a baby fever sort mm-hmm. of feeling, and yeah, that innocence that is the sense. idea to start over, or to have something pure, something untainted. Cut to Tony in Melfi's parking lot. Nothing much to say here other than it's a great scene to see him walking out of his car to the office and getting accosted by Gloria. I had a tie-in with, uh, we talked about the revelation that Gloria is a snake. Yeah. And with the go, uh, snakes can go fuck themselves. And then Gloria fucks herself. He tells her to go fuck herself. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. Good catch. Yeah, and she kind of comes in like a serpent into the frame, right? Mm -hmm. So she's sorry. Nice. Will they see each other? Won't they see each other again? Viewer has to be in a temporary state of suspense. Cut to Melfi's office. Leather and lace. Burning ring of fire. The most important expression in this whole thing for me is whatever the fuck. Because whenever Tony says whatever the fuck, it is the classic sign of his relatability to the viewer. 
Doesn't matter what cross-section of life you come from. Doesn't matter what color, what creed, what caste. It's a very relatable thing when you are kind of in the face of something that you're not comfortable with. You try to talk over it by saying this or whatever the fuck. Mm. And that's one of the things that made me love him, you know, outside of his whole persona. That piece of dialogue is one of the richest. Amor Faux, we learn, is crazy love all-consuming, great title. Apparently, the writers in the writer's room didn't feel that way, but uh, David Chase kept it, which tells Mm. you about all you need to know about his view on other people's opinions. I know you think I'm a captain of industry type, Tony says. I thought this was kind of funny because he thinks of himself that way, but he's not a traditional captain of industry. Like, if I were to ask, if I were to do a poll right now, if we were going to go to this building, if we were to mic up and walk and knock on every door and say, name a captain of industry, you would hear things like Jeff Bezos. You'd hear things like Ari Emanuel. I would be like George Washington. Like know. maybe Tom Windish. <laughs> Something like that. Not Jerry Buss. Jerry Buss. Jerry Buss was a captain of industry. I had to do industry. my uh, basketball Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Oh God, captain of go. industry. Even LeBron James could be a captain of industry, but Tony Soprano doesn't necessarily, he wouldn't be in the top 10. Right. right? He wouldn't be on the starting lineup <laughs> of the Golden State Warriors of captain of industry types. Fair? Yeah. So it's, sure. a ch- it's a chuckle because he says it, he's confident. He's a self-confident, tough guy. He refers to Melfi, or I'm sorry, he refers to Gloria as a Spanish princess, a goyim, <laughs> which is a Jewish word for genteel. Yeah. He malaprops it for the painter. Goya. Goya. Goya, of course, is a Spanish painter. So the reference was kind of, it was very, it was Tony smart. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like art history 101 smart, but the fact that Tony was able to like phonetically get it. Introduction to art. Was cool. Yeah. Um, Those paintings, by the way. Are dark. dark. They're so good. Dark as fuck. They're my favorite. Autopsy uh, has a couple of pictures of them. That one he posted about Nada. Yeah. Oh my God. Crazy. That one was insane. Um, I haven't seen that before. Goya paints dark subjects. Safe to say. Not quite Caravage-esque, but certainly in the zip code. Uh, More abstract. Less light Less light sources. and more abstract. Mm-hmm. Whimsical. And... Very on point for the comparison to uh, Gloria. Yeah. 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 So perfect. What's up with Melfi's weird puss? Tony wants to know. I love that line. Love the expression. Is it, you guys, the jealousy that we've been talking about? I'm going to stay on my side of I don't think she's ever been jealous about it, but um, it's like she's ready to relish in in a situation that she knew was going to end this way or go this way. And she does. She, like, kind of perks up and has a face anytime he talks about Gloria. I just think she's frustrated that he can't put the dots together. Like, she's basically like, and does it remind you of anyone? Like, he's just so in his little love bubble. Why doesn't she just say, doesn't this remind you of your mother? Why doesn't she just come out right and say it? Is it her job to connect the dots? Or are you supposed to lead the patient to come up with the answer themselves? I think it's a bit of both where she's trying to egg him on and also wants to, like, told you so a little. Because he's so, like, obnoxious about it. Because he hasn't asked her if she's crazy yet, right? He's still in love with her. Yeah. So I think she kind of wants it to blow up in his face. But also, I don't know. I don't know why she wouldn't just say, like, your mother. Basically, yeah. she's your mother. 
Two things, a non sequitur. Uh, you familiar with Jamiroquai? I love Jamiroquai. JK? He's my favorite. You're wearing a, you look like JK right now. I just want to say that. I've, my, I have, my next songs are very Italian disco, very Jamiroquai coming okay. out. What does Gloria see in him? That's the d- discussion that Melfi and Tony are having. Uh, it's determined that it's because he's a tough guy. This embarrasses Tony. Does it really, though? No. He's no. being modest. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. I mean, he brings his gun. Gloria yeah. knows what T... This this bothers me, okay? Talk go, me off, talk off. Me off a ledge go. here. Talk me off a ledge. Let's go. Gloria knows what T does for a living, mm-hmm. okay? He's paranoid. We know that. Is that safe? Like, did Arena know what Tony did for a living? Why the fuck would a person who you're in a relationship that is finite, it's going to end, it never ends well, no Gumad is on the payroll for 20 fucking years. It's going to be a three-month, one-year, 12, 11-month thing tops. Why is he divulging his castle secrets to her? I don't think it's a secret at that level. Uh, I mean, the state of New Jersey knows who Tony Soprano is in, in this no, universe. No, I, I get it. But, like, she's on the inside. She could get, the, she could get uh, she picked could up by like the flipped. FBI. Holding his gun, getting fingerprints on it, that whole suicide by, uh, what was it the line that Melfi uses? Suicide by... Uh, uh, yeah, by, uh, um, yeah, like assistance or whatever. Like assistance. Yeah, not that, but, um, but... I don't know. Is he being too say la vie about it? No. No. I, I don't think he's really bringing her into anything, and Pine Barrens is a great example. He could have made a lot of explanations as to why he was late. Okay. Or to right. why he wasn't Makes sense. present, but it was just left at, yeah, I have a gun, and... He knows what to keep on lockdown. And he, he she's a Kumar. He yeah, sees her she's disposable. To, to have sex. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He doesn't even think she's um, capable of doing I just that. look at it like You'd be you'd be a better mobster. No, I, I look at him as like his Tom Hagen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm his consig. Yo, man. You meet the Gumad in a, in a specific place that I set up for you, and it's protected. We got surveillance. And then you leave, yeah. and, and, you, and you don't communicate. No communication. Yeah. Just talking and but laying in women, bed. Yeah. And, these women are so damaged, though, yeah, that they're true. not capable. Cut to Tony in bed with Gloria. I tracked down a Moroccan once. I never forget a fez. I looked it up on Reddit. I looked it up on the internet. I obviously know what a fez is, but where's the punchline there? I don't know. There isn't one, right? No. It's not the oldest joke in the book. What fucking... There's got to be an older joke than that. Yeah. Okay. Gloria talks about her sister. Tony clearly doesn't want to hear it. Something that happened in a previous episode happens again, though, and I'll bring it up in a second. Gloria, we learn, can never see her niece and nephew again. This was a trivia question, by the way. They go to some school in Santa Monica. Tony doing what Hesh did to him. Right? Mm. Do you guys remember back in season one, was it? Or season two, when Tony goes to Hesh, he's on the outs with Melfi. It's season two. Yeah. He goes to talk to Hesh. Yeah. Hesh has got his woman on the side and they're talking over each other. Yeah, there's a two separate conversations yeah. running parallel. Tony tries to do a little bit of that here. She's trying to talk about her niece and nephew, and Tony changes the subject while someone is seeking empathy and understanding. Totally. Well, this is also, it's great development on Gloria because like we mentioned earlier, Tony is looking for a Gumar to have his fun and and not worry about who she is as a person or the stresses of her own life. And it seems really off-putting for him. He's like, he keeps coming back to her for this intimacy, but is immediately like, I can't get out of here fast enough when she starts to sound like a girlfriend or someone he really does care about. So true. She says... 
after she goes through this whole thing with her about her niece and nephew, she says, I hope I get plastered onto a grill. Um, just kidding. So good. Really good, right? Yeah. It's, a, it's she's so not kidding. She's so passive aggressive. She's so but she's so not kidding. Mm-mm. And again, I worked in suicide prevention for five years. I'm just kidding. Send in the ambulance. Right. Okay. Um, the signs were all there. The way she said it, I, I'm surprised Tony didn't pick up on that sooner. I thought it was also weird. I mean, this is totally reaching that she's wearing a white bra and underwear. It was very like bridal lingerie versus black. It just threw me off that she was wearing white because that means innocent and like bride wise. And, and I would never think Gloria would even own white lingerie. By the way, she looked amazing scene and mm-hmm. she just she looks start, amazing. And then Her she just slithering starts, dance. Yeah. And then she just starts like <laughs> singing the song to like brush over but the whole thing. Before that though, she says it never rains. I'm just kidding. It never rains. I have a thought on that statement. Mm-hmm later but did that mean anything to you guys in the context of that statement i'm just kidding there's no trucks gonna plaster me onto a grill it never rains she was mentioning trucks like in the rain getting out of control down the side of the road i must have missed that little subtle dialogue then the song she dances to is a little steven song Mm -hmm. that's the steven van song. yeah it's him singing right it is the line i'm the spirit that haunts your dreams yes she is livia soprano Mm mm-hmm that is so fucking clever on the nose when you so think about creepy. it. And she's singing it and she's like, why does it have to be so hard? What is that called? Like a channeler, like a portal. A medium? Yeah, medium. That it's is too heavy. It's too, too on good. the nose. It's too good. It's too smart. Cut to Spanish speakers disrespecting the pizza. I just like saying that. They disrespected the bing. They disrespected the place. I want to say that the next time we go out to dinner, we should like use that line. Like, what are you doing? Don't disrespect, Don't disrespect the, the table. Yeah. yeah some, somebody comes in here and you're like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Don't put a cap on it. Don't disrespect the studio. Um, I'm sure if you go to like a really, one of the fancy recording studios, one of the vintage ones, like Sound City or something, like there's like a unwritten law. Don't disrespect the place. You'd be surprised. People run in there like it's a fucking groupie hang. It's disgusting. I'd say, hey, respect those U87 microphones (laughs) before I smack you over the head with a broomstick. Those things are expensive. (laughs) Cut to the Spanish speakers disrespecting the pizza joint. Ufa is the name of the pizza joint. In real life, the place is called Ralph Piccolo's Pizza in Patterson, near Union and Ryerson Avenues. If anybody can go out there and take a picture, send them my way. Jackie, way out of line, guys? Not in this world. Okay. Why is a made guy gonna get mad when he sees them with a gun? Dino's concerned about, I don't want want the gun, he's a made guy. Why would Christopher give a fuck if these two guys are tossing a gun around? Well, I didn't like that he explained who Christopher was Mm. and mentioned that it was Tony's wife's nephew and it's like he knows this already they've met they've done a, a thing before oh was there a writing problem for you yeah hmm. it, it was an over explanation to dino about who chris was when chris knows exactly like that's the reason that he's concerned about you mean dino and jackie yeah yeah did the fear of the gun mean anything to you naya no i just think it was like, it's like hot no one's gonna like take ownership it just it just sets it up to what happens in this episode of like no shit that's what's gonna happen yeah, and neither of them are in, like they have any balls unaffected he doesn't even care it's kind of a weird scene he comes in reminds me of brennan falone and the yeah. other guy just like waffling around well, think of the scenario they come in and there's more explanation then chris goes okay who has the gun yeah and i think jackie doesn't want chris to know that he has the gun because he's worried about tony Mm -hmm. and vice versa dino thinks jackie you're a better person to have the gun because you're connected you're the son of jackie correct i like that i like that's what i needed to hear 
Christopher offers Jackie work. Kind of yeah. a weird scene again. But they're with Ralphie. Chris puts it on the table and walks out. So we leave Ufa and we cut to Carm at the Ugh. dealership. What a fucking plot twist. The first time I saw this was like, these are one of my most memorable scenes of like, holy shit, what? Yeah. yeah. What are the chances? That's Gloria. <laughs> yeah. And that's Carmela. That's not good. And they're in the same room. Yeah. You know, and then right away, the Gloria pan. When she hears the words Mrs. Soprano, it's very vintage. So good. It was almost like, you know, like, what's that ornate, like, tablecloth called? It was very Baroque. Yeah. You know, to, like, just pan in. Gaudy. Vintage TV. What's it called on a on a camera when you have a shot and the edges are... Uh, vignetted. Vignetted. It was like, you could have almost, like, vignetted into her because it was, there was, like, this throwback thing happening and the gumad and the wife are going to be in the car together. No, this can't happen. This can't happen. Don't let this happen. Very Game of Thrones kind of moment. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Sansa, you, you can't hold this secret. You have to tell everybody that Jon Snow's the king. You have to tell everybody, and it ends up happening. Um, by the way, did you watch no, Castaway? No, I didn't. I didn't. I rented it, though. Gloria offers to drive. So the courtesy van is delayed, so Gloria offers to drive. On the spot, without skipping a beat, Gloria speeds up after Carm mentions Columbia. Thoughts on the timing of that? Why'd that make her put the foot on the gas? I don't know if it was anything. It was noticeable. Yeah, you yeah. could tell. And even Carm starts to grab the door to like yeah. hold She was on. driving too aggressively, I think right? she, was, it was like a bit of like a, oh, you this? Like, they're kind of throwing each other like well, backhanded. Well, is, is bragging on purpose. Yeah, she can't help herself, is, right? I'm a homemaker. She has to brag. But I'm with Gloria on this one. I think the modern day version of what Gloria did is when someone starts creeping through Facebook to like see what their ex has been up to. Yeah. Do you have fake Instagram accounts? Yeah, Finsta's. Finstas. That's a thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm fucking old, man. You can use mine. I just have one Insta. And I, just, <laughs> and I have one email. You can use mine. It'd be good to get some like different algorithms going of what you look up versus mine. It's just oh, like the same three people. Like, what are you doing? Now I look at art, MBA, <laughs> and Sopranos Graham. That's, that's all you my, need, though. That's my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Okay. Cut to Ralphie making... Oh, oh. How can I not say this line? I love Mm. the line, the power, the delivery, the execution of this line. At least your daughter doesn't have to latch on to a man for success. Cold-blooded. So stone fucking cold. Mm -hmm. That is a James Harden crossover step back, leaving your defender at the free throw line while you stare at them for six seconds and then shoot the three. That's yeah. what she did right there. But Carmela was so glowing and just wanting to talk about her kids. She didn't even she hear didn't that. It. She's being a good sport because this random person is driving her home, but she's probably feeling something. Cut to Ralphie telling a story about his younger days. How Tony got on the marquee. Mm-hmm. Love that piece of writing. This whole scene, by the way, David Chase says in the director's cut, was all Frank Renzulli. Wow. The back and forth and the inside baseball. This could be one of the greatest scenes in The Many Saints of Newark if they can oh, that's play true. it right, too. And I was going to say, this is actually a really good scene for your boy, Ralph. It's a it really is. good scene. Feech Lomana, the mustache, uh, we learn, is mentioned. Obviously, we don't spoil on this podcast, but remember the name Feech Lomana, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, what Feech means, nobody knows, he says. I think that comes up again later, which is kind of funny. Again, the tie-ins are brilliant. He was made on the other side, which is kind of a cool little nugget about him. An OG. An OG, right? Um, does Ralphie's tale of Tony and Jackie 
First of all, well, actually, before I ask that question, Naya, what are your questions about Ralphie here? Well, I think you need to f- finish what you're going to say. Oh, okay, it okay. ties into okay. the motives. So, does Ralphie's tale of Tony and Jackie Sr. here seal Jackie's fate? Obviously, we don't know what happens to Jackie. Right. We don't know what his fate is at this particular moment. But we know, we said this last episode or an episode before, there's already a bullseye target on Jackie April Jr. because of the way he's been dealing with Tony. Yeah. Is this the nail in the coffin for you guys? Or is there one before? Or do you think there's one coming after? I think uh, the ending is always the same for the mm-hmm. future of Jackie. But this was the means to an end. This was the, the beginning of his demise. And I can see, I, I thought about, like, did Ralphie put this in their head on purpose? That's my question. And I, I kind of don't see it that way, especially if it means that his own card game is going to get jacked as a result of it. But him, but his own card game getting jacked is also fucking Tony over, too. It is. I thought it did at first, the first times, but watching it again, especially seeing his amazing performance with Roe, like, I was really captivated by Ralphie's face for some reason when he comes back to tell Ro that he they haven't found him and she's freaking out. And, like, you could just see that he's like, what have I—he almost is like, shit. Like, because I, I was like, why is he telling him this, though, either? So I feel like he's probably just making a dig at Jackie to be like, y'all don't do anything with your life. Like, this is how these people got ahead. Not thinking that this would yeah. potentially spark something. Yeah. Well, knowing yeah. that—I uh, know we didn't touch on it, but they met earlier— yeah, they're they're sort of getting involved with Ralph, and yeah. Ralphie's counting money. And this is um, a sales manager telling his guys of a story before mm-hmm. to inspire greatness, to yeah, you know, to do the things that you need to to get where you want to be. Did Ralphie plant this deliberately, knowing? This would fuel Jackie to do this. Every fiber of my body wants to say he's a cunning, conniving Same. asshole and he wants to fuck everybody over. But this Same. was a weird moment. I think not. Where I think he was just trying to just talk about back in the day Same. and mostly lament the fact that he wasn't there. Yeah. And that he didn't rise. It was mostly about him. Yeah. And it wasn't about Jackie. It backfired. But it backfired because Jackie heard it as... My dad did this. I'm going to do it too. I had a little empathy for Ralph. I had a little empathy too. It's okay. Yeah. You and me can join a group. Now, yeah. I think there's just a couple blocks down. They meet every month. It's yeah. a, you know, I sympathize with Ralph Cifaretto on occasion group. I think John actually is the runs it. moderator of this panel. President and uh, President and founding uh, chair. Um, cut to Carm getting emotional about dogs on TV. I got to say this. I got to do Game of Thrones reference. I don't give a fuck. The dire wolf that got left be behind that was one of the saddest things i love Jon snow i've been pro Jon snow since day one but this letting him go sending him back where he belongs not even looking at him not even hugging him not even petting him not even giving him a treat he left the direwolf john for a dragon anyway back to carmella i was prepping for this episode And I was thinking about that dog scene and I was immediately saying, wow, I feel the same way for that direwolf right now. I sobbed. Cut to Tony and Gloria, the slashed tires. Who did it, you guys? She did it. You think that Gloria did it? That would be something I would do. I'm a lot Gloria. I hate it. Because it's drama. You make a mess to start a fight. I I would totally slip my own tires just to be like, who fucking did this? She was the one that pointed it out, too. It would have not been noticed. She saw it from a weird angle. Like, how would you see that? My car car is angled weird on a slant. So, wow. Yeah, girls are sly. Gloria did it herself. Mm -hmm. It was not Arena. No, where did she fucking Arena doesn't need to. And it was not a random person. No. Gloria did it. And she puts the seed that it's 
like, oh, you know who did this? Because he has no fucking clue. He doesn't know. And then she's like, I guess. Maybe it's my ex. I don't know. She wanted to tease that out of him. Mm-hmm. She she's wanted to smart. hear him say, you hit her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, she was jealous. His biggest mistake was mentioning Irene at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his biggest mistake was looking. But again, if you guys say that she baited him, she already knew this. Because she already knows about Irina. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, Statazit, they both say to each other. Is Stop. that just shut up? Yeah. Okay. What are these? 16s? All right. She walks away at the thought of 16s. And then he says, all right, 17s. I thought that was funny because coming from the car world, like the bigger the rim, the more expensive the rim, yeah. the nicer the car. But like... That the fact that he thought that I'll buy you nicer rims would fix the problem was there was just this weird demented humor in it, you know. I uh, think she was rolling on twenties though. No, They're pretty big rims. Those weren't that big. I was no? gonna say yeah. I was watching this with Definitely. Elias, who said those are not the correct rims, but she did it for sure. Cut to Jackie wanting to take. Cut to Jackie want. I have to set it up, you know. Cut to <laughs> Jackie wanting to take Gene Pontecorvo's game. Ralphie. He says Ralph is in the closet. By the way, I want to clarify something. It's Gene Pontecorvo's game, but it's Ralph's game. Bigger game. Gene is in charge of it. This is yeah. a trivia dispute. Correct. They're like, it's not Gene. It was Ralphie. But no, it was Gene's game, but ultimately Within he kicks Ralphie's. up to Ralphie, and then Ralphie kicks up to Tony. So Jackie wants to do what his dad did back in the day. But there's this whole thing about how he delegates everything. He wants Dino to make the phone call. He wants Dino to go in first. Later when the car pulls up, we'll talk about that. Jackie's kind of scared, He's right? A fucking pussy, yeah. So, a, let's go down the shore. So what is he trying to prove to Dino? I think they're both like way in over their head and they're looking to be reinforced by yeah, each other. And they're not giving it a good call. Cut to Carm going to confession. Father Obosi. Also happens to be getting a PhD in psychology, played by the actor Isaac Debankole. Debankole. He's been in a lot of stuff, by the way. If you look up his IMDb, pretty I think eighty movies. It's big movies. iconic looking and sounding. Very iconic looking. You've definitely seen him before. He's been in James Bond movies. Sick. Bunch of other stuff. She thinks she has ovarian cancer. He thinks she's pregnant. That was a really twisted contrast to me. Learn to live on the good part, he says, in his amazing French-Nigerian accent. Beautiful. Forgo those things that lay without it, which is a really interesting thing. It almost sounds biblical. I was tempted to see if it was a biblical thing, but it's not, it turns out. Just a very kind of prescient— At least, I I don't want to speak for the Catholic Church, but there's a lot of, like, upholding of being a good person, but there's a lot of asterisks in— and people yeah. that practice Catholicism. What does Johnny Sack say? We bend more rules in yeah. the Catholic Church. Yeah. And and this seems to be a very modern spin on that. But I feel like David Chase is always looking for a good knock mm. at uh, Catholicism. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is no different. Because look, what do we get here? A few episodes ago, we have Krakauer, who's like, this is blood money. And now all of a sudden, the Catholic Church is saying, you absolutely need to take that blood money, <laughs> but leave and as smile. much of it as you can do without. Yeah. Take the ring. That's off, a maybe. slap in the face of Catholicism because a real objective, conscientious objector came into the scene and was like, keep your money. I don't want well, it. Yeah. Even, now it's, uh, it's the of, didn't really stop her from. No. And he's, this guy's supposed to be a man of science. You're right. He's getting his PhD in psychology. But isn't that inherently conflicting? How can you be a priest, well, but also be a man of science? 
The contrast is amazing to me. Yeah. The options before all of us in life, the stuff that I told you guys about off mic, the stuff that you guys are going through in your own personal lives, life is complex, right? The decisions we have are complicated. They're messy. They're unclear. And this is just more of that regularness of life shit. Cut to Tony and Carm in the kitchen. Carm clearly feels better after that little rendezvous with her confession, right? She took her ring off. Took her ring off because That's she she's can like, live okay, without. Yes. That's one of the things she can do without. I feel Sound like... effect. Corm, <laughs> we learn. You like that? Like that little? This is like little on the fly editing yeah. here, baby. I love it. We learn about Noah Tannenbaum. Mm. Shout out Noah Tannenbaum, moving back to India for the UN. That was a quiz question, by the way. One person got it. I wouldn't have even have gotten that. They're glad it's over between Jackie and the Queen of Mean. I'm kind of surprised that they're glad, but I'm also kind of not. But it's a nice little moment that Tony and Carmela have between each other. There's like love in the air. There's like marital bliss. Again, the kitchen table. Everything is good in life. But then what happens? Phone rings! Gloria Trillo calls the house. This momentary family bliss is instantly bludgeoned. This happens too often. And now that I know that David Chase did the director's cut on this episode, it it was him basically saying, I want to basically let you know that I have my palm print on this vintage chase. Mm. What is vintage chase? Momentary regularness of life, elevated bliss, cut to bottomless black fucking hole. Goyam. Gloria calls. Love Tony's response. Another year. Chewing on his cereal, he gets up like a whirling dervish, and he gets the fuck out, and he goes to Globe Motors. Tony goes to Globe Motors. By the way, the real location of this dealership is in Fairfield on Bloomfield Avenue. Every time I see Bloomfield Avenue, I think Junior Soprano. It's on Bloomfield Avenue and Broadway Lane. I love, I hope you caught this, Naya. Mm-hmm. I love the framing through the car window. Mm. You see Tony coming in, it's so good. but it's the camera's inside the car. Yeah. It's just a clever little this, device. Yeah, the cinematography and just the shots and some of these just s- scenes where you don't even realize how good they are. It's crazy. Love the choice. Yeah. Alex Zakharov again. So good. This episode. Amazing. Note the Globe Motor sign on the street. Mm. You're only going to note it if you freeze-framed the inside the car shot. Which you but did. But it's wrapped over. It says Globe Motors, but it has like, it's like a tarp. It kind of bothered me given the detail of the show. They didn't mm. have like a real Globe Motor sign. It was a makeshift Globe Motor sign. Mm. But it was there nonetheless. This scene has my second least favorite line in the whole show. I only have three lines I could live without, and this is the second one. What's the first one? Is it stay awake, AJ? Family meeting, stay awake, AJ. Like really? No, we couldn't do another take of that. (laughs) We couldn't cut that. Naya's actually viscerally mad here. Yeah, there's. So what was the one on this one? You see, a Tuesday I can take my kids to Rafi. Can we get a real actor in here, please? No, but I like that line. That was a great line. It was so weird. It was regularness in life, Naya. Yeah, but it felt like. So it reminded I re- realized I was watching a TV show. Yeah. Okay. okay. In that moment, okay, okay. and then they stayed there. It wasn't realism. He didn't. Why would he just stay there? She didn't say anything. Like it just wasn't real. It was forced. To me. Yeah. It felt like a bad line. Rafi, of course, is the Egyptian children's singer. Mm-hmm. But the dialogue in this episode is so good. Yeah. The, everything is so great that like that just one thing like wasn't needed for me. It bummed me out. Okay. But maybe like you need one tiny error just to remind you that like this isn't real. 
because I'm like, this is amazing. Well, it's an interesting thing that you just said, though. That was a weird moment for you. Yeah. And you were taken out of the realism of the show, but I feel like you were brought right back in as soon as Tony grabs her arm. Yeah, but I'm already like, ugh. Shouldn't he I have loved waited her to confront smirk. her at her house, though? Nah. Or outside of the workplace in broad daylight? He's impulsive. This man. is important to he set a to precedent. He needs to protect himself, though. Man. Again, Tom Hagen and me coming out. Tony, you need to address this after hours, my He's friend. Just a... You can tell your shrink you ruined eight relationships. What great, a dig. Great way to say, well, I'm out. Yeah. Great writing to catch up on previous writing. It reminded me of how we first met her, where she says that she picks the wrong men. So... This, yes, this powerful scene, I'm going to counter you here. Mm-hmm. This powerful scene, it's over, Tony, then your little your little salesman of the week comes in Second. and says, you see, Tuesday I can take my kid to hear Raffi. That was cute. Ugh. It was this, like, stop and go, right? And Tony and Carmelo are having a beautiful moment in the kitchen. Phone rings. It's Gloria Trillo. This is... My relationship's over. I want to take my kid to see Rafi. It's like all these competing things, no? The delivery was off. Okay. If if he had done it, like, he wasn't even looking at her. He, like, it's just the staging. It looked like a play staging. We'll see if we can track him down for the pod and then let you give him a piece of your mind. I will give him. So, you know what? You fucked (laughs) that up, bro. You know what, Alan? I bet his name's Alan. (laughs) It definitely isn't Alan. Cut to Carm gets an ultrasound. Interesting, Ooh. nice little subplot. Is she pregnant? Isn't she? We don't know. We see the we see the ultrasound screen. We hear her tell the doctor not to mince words. And then we cut to vanilla fucking ice. Shout out to Ice. Really? Yeah! Right. Naya, Ice Ice Baby was the first hip-hop single yeah. to top the Billboard charts. Really? Not Dre... Not Snoop, not N.W.A. That's fucked up, not though. That tells you Boys. a lot about the industry. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Dun, without dun, dun, uh, dun, Tony dun, Soprano, dun. there wouldn't be a uh, Walter White, and without yeah. Vanilla Ice, there might not be an Eminem. What did Jackie say? Was kid had one song? Yeah. Smartest thing he ever that said. That song netted him $18 million. Amazing. He lives in a $15 million mansion in Florida. Most of his net worth went into that mansion. Fuck. I'd say he invested well. Oh, you need one, one song, hit. Naya. Fuck, I'm trying. Naya, that was sampled the fuck out of though. Ugh. It was. And here's the thing. that Suge Knight took, he would have had more. That's why you got to make sure you own your publishing. I do. Okay. I, don't, I haven't signed a publishing deal. Don't give your publishing Saving away. Saving it. To... Hold that publishing. Or I'll wait for a big check. Next cultural reference made me so fucking happy. Jackie Jr., because I've seen his artwork in Laguna Beach in one of those little private little galleries. Next cultural reference is Curtis Fields painting mm-hmm. behind Jackie and Dino. He's a California artist who passed away a few years ago, rest in peace, whose paintings have been described as bold experiments with color and form. Cut to Carm having dinner with her friends. Love this scene. Always. One of the classic scenes. uh, Classic moments in the show when when she's having dinner with her pallies. Quiet. She's pretty quiet. I just love, because this is such an Italian thing, I'm sure it's an everyone thing, when people are quiet, they assume something's just wrong, especially in Italian. It's like, what's wrong? You're not hungry? Like, what's, like, it's, no, she's, just, she's just quiet. Why, why I she... mean, she is quiet for reasons, yeah. but just funny, everyone assumes the worst. Something's wrong. Yeah. You said two words the whole night. Yeah. Little thyroid thing, she says, but never better. We get some Hillary Clinton love. Yeah, that was weird. Interesting contrast. They ultimately say that they're role models, but she's a role model for mafia wives is what the takeaway was. And David Chase says it too, which is kind of ironic. I mean, Clinton basically is. Well, politicians are gangsters. It's kind of the, what's the word? It's kind of the the comparison. Yeah. He's comparing politicians to gangsters. I thought of it more of what happens to... 
what's Pussy but Angie Bobinzero? What happens to her? Yeah. She holds out long enough, so she gets a little piece of her cake at the at the end. Her trajectory. They happened. all set up their little thing. That's mm-hmm. the one thing about that line that I really liked is that she they fought it out and then they set up their own little thing. Yeah. You put up with the bullshit. You were writing down something. You got something? I have a for later? Yeah. Okay. You drew a picture. Um Chase says if Carm had a child. This is the thing I wanted to bring up to you because she was talking about having a baby yeah. in this scene. At our age, they say, by the way, what is she? How old is she? 40, 40. T- Tony's 40. He says it in this episode. He's 40. So Carm's in her late 30s? Yeah. So Chase said if Carm had, because this whole, this whole thing about should she leave Tony, mm-hmm. he says it in the director's cut. This is a moment for her to, she, the reason she wants to have a kid is because it's a way for her to reconcile staying with Tony. Mm. If she has another child with him, then without a shadow of a doubt, she's relieved of any doubt about whether or not she should stay together. And this came out of the horse's mouth. So it's a very interesting thought. This is the dichotomy. She's trying to rationalize her relationship. And then what he says and this is the reason why I love this guy. He says it very subtly and under his breath in the director's cut. He said, and it's, it's, oh man, again, the genius that is David Chase came out in the director's cut and I shed a tear when I heard him say this. He said, it's a classic way for people to prop up relationships, children or house remodels. Totally. I'm saying it very dramatically. He says it very quickly under his breath in a sentence. You want to prop up a relationship, have a child, or do a remodel. Like, all my friends are doing both. Yeah, it's like it's like mic drop. But now I understand why you only do one director's cut. Because when you come in, you make that shit impactful. By yeah. the way, he also comments on all the previous director's cuts that had already been done. So he motherfucks all of them. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Stone cold gangster. Cut to Tony at the Bing. He's on the phone talking about a pending legal case, which is a really interesting little subplot. No one knows what's going on. Play rewind. Who's he talking to? Is he talking to his lawyer? We don't know. It doesn't come back to bite us yet. But then Gloria calls, and she's hysterical. Yeah. That makes Tony go to her, okay, like a moth to a flame. I think we hear that in the later episode. It's in this one, but he thinks he's the flame. Tony goes to Gloria. By the way, her house was filmed near Pompton Avenue and Cedar Grove Parkway in Cedar Grove. That exterior shot that we see, Mm -hmm. that's where that took place. So I have to knock on the moth to the flame because at this point, I think he's already done with her and he goes to there to end it. Mm -hmm. But um, I think he's more self-preservation at this moment and he knows that he needs to just physically break it up versus this avoiding her because now she's visiting his wife and calling the house and he needs to nip this in the bud quickly. Tony, make sure to let us know that Buddha is a regular Captain Marvel. Goomba housewife. They get into it, okay? She refers to Carmella indirectly as a Goomba housewife, and she mentions, Naya, that mm-hmm. gaudy fucking ring. You think I'm going to let some fucker shit all over me just because he buys me some ridiculous gaudy fucking ring? What the fuck do you get off, huh? Followed by... And oh, poor you. I'm going to play back a lot of this because it's very powerful. Tony has a mini panic attack when he hears the oh, poor you. The whole line about I have never, didn't just meet you. I've known you my whole life. My mother was just like you, a bottomless black hole. 
Then she says she's going to tell his wife, right? That's what makes him close the door, lock it, Mm -hmm. and then chase after her. She runs away, but then she also delivers the jab. I'll go to Columbia and tell your daughter. She wants the abuse. Yeah. She's She's seeking the abuse. Of course. She grabs a cork. I can relate. you've, You've been there, done that? Yeah, oh, what's up? You've gone at it with Stir the cork? Stir it up. Okay. Well, yeah, not the cork. So in true romance, uh, Ooh, so good. James Gandolfini plays a bad guy in that movie, yeah. and he's attacked by uh, a wine cork also. Oh, it could Ooh, be a nice little reference I there. Yeah. I like that. Thank you for catching that. So he doesn't kill her, but she wants to be killed. The power of the moment is very moving. Like, it's a scene that you can't really watch that often. But when you do, you know it's coming. You can't help but keep staring at the screen. Yeah, it's David hard. Chase said, again, I'm doing this a lot because he did the director's cut for this movie, so yeah. I'm just going to, why not quote him? We ask all these questions and we wonder all these things yeah. about all these episodes, but he actually fucking answered it on this one. And he said he was very proud of this scene. They executed this as perfectly as you can execute this scene from the time he walks in to the time he walks out. And he gave a lot of credit to Annabella Shiora. Shora is how he pronounced it. This scene is probably one of the best acting I've seen in, in anything. the whole series. I also know that because my friend, who's an actor, was doing this scene and yeah. asked me to, and I was like, "Of course, I want to read for Gloria." Yeah, awful. Like it's yeah. really hard. you realize it's how hard to fucking heave. hard it is. And then Tony's saying, "You're like a bottomless black hole." It I would say it's more intense gestures. than the um, Tracy death. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But white cap still trumps it. See. Oh yeah. See. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. See. But we can't, that's see. all we're gonna say. See. Yeah. This is a nice little this taste. Is, this takes. This is a very Game of Thrones moment where season you get the There's red. No acting no, like this. But on you Game get a of red Thrones. wedding. But then you get the you get what we got last week. You know, it, they it comes. They just have it those accents up. to mask their shitty acting. Oh, come on, here we go. Here's an observation I want to put out there at you guys. Do it. Tony strangles Gloria. In a way that he would have strangled Livia mm-hmm. in season one with mm-hmm. that pillow had he been given the chance. This is just moments after saying, I've known you my whole life. You're like a bottom. My mother was just like you. You're like a bottomless black hole. So in a way, he was able to follow through in some weird moment of transference. Fair. Cut to the heist scene. Oh, Car so- pulling up. Chase calls it the biggest gunfight they ever shot on The Sopranos. Really? Jackie questions whether they should do it. Again, it comes back to he's kind of a chicken shit. But you guys, they're on crank, which I do know is code for crystal meth, thanks to Breaking Bad. I don't know what it smells like, but they're on crank and they want to do this before the crank wears off. So remember the uh, North Hollywood shootout? Yeah. Yeah, Those guys were armed up to the T and they took a lot of amphetamines prior to the to the get heist, you in the mode to get you just full hulk mode and focused sunshine rest in peace the guy gets a lot of last words and <laughs> a lot of proverbs and shit he's asking for it but he went out with in a blaze of shakespearean glory didn't he yeah yeah i mean come on if you're gonna go because they all get the phone call chase calls him up and says you know you're gonna be dead in this episode but they let him go out in quite a little like like a hamlet monologue fashion i heard uh silvio in my head telling him don't rush them sunshine don't rush them (laughs) victory has a hundred fathers but defeat is an orphan i'd shoot him that's a quiz question christopher looks at the guys so sexy in this scene there seems to be a recognition yeah he can right? tell with Jackie's voice. He can tell voice. somebody. He can tell by the voice. He can smell their bad cologne. He's a made guy. Mm-hmm. Polo sport. 
Jackie shoots Sunshine multiple times. He also gets Furio in the leg. Jackie was a marksman compared to his colleagues. Mm. Love the camera movement on the Jackie run to the street sequence. Cinematic. So sad. They say. Carjack. There's a music playing. It's not Mariah. If anybody knows who's singing in that moment, let me know. Dino gets caught. Hey, cocksucker. Great shot of Chris and Brazy Jr., was it? Yeah. Uh, pointing two guns at his head. Love that shot. I actually just posted one. That's That was what I felt like yesterday when the NBA and Game of Thrones was on at the yeah. same time. Uh, I love the way the car pulls up to sweep Chrissy. And, you know, Chrissy shoots him. Car comes out of the frame, into the frame. They hop in. They drive away. Cut to the prick doctor doing a commercial. He has to come to the rescue again. We've seen this guy before. Again, it's filling in the blanks. Synergy, the last time we saw him was at the card game too, right? Nice on point. Wonder if Frank Renzulli wrote that episode. Furio doesn't have a green card, we learn. Chris is pissed. Wants to take out Jackie. Yeah. He rips in the Tony. Powerful scene. Chris says, I loved you in the past tense. Hang on to that. That's going to come back to us next episode. There was a little bit of an issue I had because he mentions that they shot at made guys, but they didn't mention Gene Portakova. Mm. They didn't shoot at him. Yeah, they did. Did they? He pulls out his gun last, by the way. I have a problem with that. <laughs> he kind of just like... He left him hanging. He kind of, yeah, he kind of wusses out. See what I did there? Cut to New Jersey. The bridge dawn scene, you guys. Even autopsy took this freeze frame. The twin towers in the background. Mm. It's beautiful. Those are the hack and sack bridges looking east. And this aired... A couple months before 9-11. Cut to an also beautiful frame. Tony playing cards with Silvio. I really love this shot for some reason. It's a pullback shot, Naya. Two guys at a table. It's a profile. It's like a cross section. It's like a big piece of yeah. ham cut right down the middle, and you're Oof. looking right at it sideways. It's so Beautiful good. shot. The pullback profile shot of them. Ralph Cifaretto comes in. Silvio gets up and says, what do we say? What does that mean? I think if we were there 20 minutes earlier, Tony would have said, or Silvio said, we'll call Ralph and tell him to come down and explain himself. And I bet you Tony said, I don't think we're going to see Ralph. Because knowing that he's already taken a gun from Jackie, uh, that Chris has told him that Jackie was working with Ralph, that mm. Tony's perception is that Ralph is, is caught. But if Ralph was involved, I think he knows better than to just disappear. Got it. Notice the fish. Okay, this is a little Vic Ricci. I, th I saw that too. Notice the fish on the wall behind Ralphie's head. Symbolic of his fate. Big pussy. Looked just like the big pussy fish. Yeah, it did. And then notice the bull or the longhorn behind Tony's head. Symbolic of his stature. So good. That was intentional. Because the fr that whole, if, when you walk into that scene and you say, I told you it's a cross section of a big a leg of lamb or whatever. That was an intentional shot from bottom to top. The fact that Ralphie's framed with a fish and Tony's framed with a bull means something. Just putting it out there. That right? hug, too. That was, mm. it was... When was the last time you saw those two hug? I know. Yeah. Ralphie wants to give him a pass. Tony wants to delegate it. There's this little dance. They're basically passing the hot potato back and forth. It's an interesting thing. Kind of bothered me a little bit. Everybody should have been on the same page. Like, yeah, this guy's done. Let's not try to, like, hide behind delegating. But nobody wants the responsibility of that. So Tony wants to say, well, it's not my decision. So if I have Ralph give the order to put a hit on it, then Ralph has to live with people resenting him for killing Jackie Jr.'s. That's true. That's true. But, but Jackie Sr.'s son. It ultimately came 
And he's done it a lot yeah. lately with the captains. He delegates yeah. a lot. He delegates a lot. Junior, the line, when I delegate, I delegate. And it comes uh, from that. that Polly, the episode yeah. before, he had Polly make some hard decisions that he was going to have to live with on his own. Yeah. One of the greatest lines in the show, especially from like a pep talk motivational series on The Sopranos, if we ever do one of those. Who cares about shit they say? They don't have the balls to say to your face. It's a nice moment between Tony and Ralphie. I thought after the confrontation he had with Chris, though, that that's contrary. Chris it's contrary, but also, also Ralph thought T was talking about him for a sec there, too. Mm. Who cares about the shit people say? Because Ralphie's face suggested, oh, did you hear me at the diner talking shit about you, DeVito? And Eugene Pontecorvo? Everything gets back to Tony, right? Yeah. Sansa Stark did not hold the secret, right? Uh, I would have loved to see Ralph's face when Tony pulled out the gun, too. Yeah. Because that was like a, whoa, whoa. Oh, how yeah. did you get, yeah. How did you? And then also he says, these all these little jabs that Tony's throwing here. You schooled him as best you could, didn't you? Didn't you? Uh, that was fucking a man. Like, what are you doing to me here? I think he's talking to himself, though. Tony's talking. No, he's talking to Ralphie. No, I I know, but I I think for him, it's like all of those things is, are coming is, back. Are coming back because yeah. Tony feels responsible for Jackie, but now he can put it on Ralph to have to be the the reason of all of it. And remember how we were saying that Naya and I felt a moment of empathy for Ralphie, mm-hmm. and that we were going to go where we're going to go sit in on one of those sessions. And you guys are welcome anytime. Okay, thank you. In a moment, he completely made me go right back to Ralphie when he said, Jack spoiled him. I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. He's not They not both wrong. know that Jackie needs to matter. be killed. It's, not his, it's not his place to say that yeah. about another man's son who was the boss of the family. Yeah. Ralphie should be respecting the chain of command. Next episode, we're going to get, I'm not going to give anything away, but Paulie's all pissed off because he's lacking a little bit in the fucking respect department, right? So anyway, I didn't like that line. And it made me go, okay, Ralphie, now I know why you're a prick. And now yeah. I know why you were standing right next to a fucking fish. Mm. <laughs> Cut to Melfi. Why are you so attracted to dangerous relationships, she asks him. Naya, why are you so attracted to dangerous relationships? Because it's fun. It's fun? Why do you put your marriage in such danger, she says. But that is all, you guys, to set up. Mm. He says, maybe I'm looking for a way out. That was crazy. Powerful line. But he's being sarcastic. We know he's not. He, there's some truth in that. There's though. some truth in that. Sometimes you 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 don't want to actually push the envelope and like actually break up with somebody. There's a lot of relationships that end that way where I'm it sure. could have been, but they do something stupid. Shows it easier now. Yeah. They have the kids. They do the house remodel, but then they do this. They look for a way out. But sidebar: the figurines behind Melfi. I saw that too. Are mm-hmm. less sexual in nature. They have since taken on. An Eastern flair. I thought it was Sun Tzu and the one. You see what I did there? Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah. Cody Melfi? But it went away, and now it's gone to something a little more philosophical. I wonder if she's fucking with Tony's brain. You know? Anyway. Well, the one figure looked like a... Looked like a Shogun samurai, warrior. Yeah, samurai yeah. warrior, yeah. You'll never leave. So all that stuff about what are you so attracted to dangerous relationships for, and Tony says, maybe I'm looking for a way out, was all to set up Melfi, Lorraine Bracco, with one of the best little exchanges she's ever had. Anthony, you'll never leave your wife. Bullshit. There's a limit to how much she I... might leave you, but you'll never leave her. Despite your mothering, you made one good decision in your life vis a vis women. You're not going to throw that over. 
Your own selfishness is too strong to let that happen. All right. All right. Actually, in spite of everything, you're a very conventional man. I said all right. We have to stop now. The cutoff, the cutoff, her hand gesture. She might leave you, but you'll never leave her. That is some gangster ass shit. Three years into the relationship. How does she know that? And is that true? I think so. You do? So Chase said, a lot of people said, a therapist would never say that to Mm. a patient. But he's saying, I disagree. He's probably had more therapy than all of us, fair to say. Definitely more than me. Um, And he said that they've been in a relationship with each other for three years. That's true. She's comfortable with him. Why didn't she say that? And isn't she your fucking mother? Because that's a little too, um, that's a little, that's a little, it's a little uh, She wants him to discover that on his own because it would be more impactful. In spite of everything, she says, you're a very conventional man. The way she says conventional man is so sexy. She's so, she's <laughs> so, she's so sexy. She okay. had pants on. In this it doesn't too. matter, man. She yeah. can have. A, I, pants are sexy. She's sexy. Cut to Patsy and Gloria. It's raining. That's the point I wanted to make. She says earlier, it never rains. But in the scene with Patsy, it's actually fucking raining. And this is potentially her driving to her suicide. Excellent, Mm -hmm. Tyan. I would have never seen that. See that? I'm very proud of that one. I even combed autopsy. I'm like, did he see that? And no, he didn't didn't get it. He gets everything. This, you guys, was a great setup to kill her storyline. Yeah. I love the way they did it. Quite frankly, it actually was cinematic. The car, the rain, the what is going to happen. Is this guy going to rape me? She doesn't know who this guy is. It felt very casino. It was like a very like mobster. Cinematic. Yeah. So. Well, it's the, the threat of violence is always worse than the actual violence. Absolutely. What is the term? Uh, like when you're under duress, you know, as opposed to like the, the, the specter of it or whatever. There's an actual really good expression. But yeah, I like this. I also liked her tremble. Mm-hmm. She's a great actor. And, and again, I'm echoing what Chase said. She's, she was an amazing asset to the show. Mm-hmm. And the tremble was on point. There was is, a lot of a, be careful what you wish for. That's what I was just going to say. Like, she, she was afraid. She had a yeah. death wish and then realized that it really wasn't going to be cinematic yeah. at the hands of someone else. Wrapping things up, per Chase, he says, he describes this as a final sequence is three men going back to their women. Mm. That's how he sets it up. First, we get the crying row, Mm -hmm. the song Return to Me. So good. Why does Ralphie lie so much to her? He's got to create an alternative story because she doesn't know the extent of what he did. So he's got to create another demon and Mm -hmm. keep it as far away from the business and the family. Does he love her? I think he cares for her. This scene was the reason why I had some empathy for him. Really? His, his facial expressions, you could just really sense. I was like, damn, he didn't set this seat on purpose to fuck with Jackie. I really believed that he was innocent. I disagree. Really? Opportunity or not, it, it was a wrong move. If, yeah. I don't he think he intentionally bad. tried to Lying do that. Lying to her was wrong, that he has oh, a drug problem. No, that's I important. Think he needs to lie to it's her. It's important to sell it, but it was the wrong thing to do to the mother but what's the alternative you tell her the truth no but that's she knows the story of how Jackie's seen you yeah that would kill her more right yeah okay Okay. especially because then you can put it back well why didn't you do anything it's your game like he takes more blame the music is kind of ironic. The mm. cues and the and the way that the lyrics come in in between the dialogue. You're Great really acting tr- by her though on that. She, she looks she, like she's a, amazing. 
a woman that was really worried about her son. Um, we talk about that on the Sharon Angela interview. That's one of the, one of the scenes that one we— One of my favorite interviews. She goes, ooh, a few times. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I missed those. First five minutes <laughs> got ooh. cut. It was really sad. Cut to Carmela studying for her real estate exam. This is a subtle little writing point. You don't know how they talked about it. She kind of mentions it, but there's going to be a whole storyline about Carmela and her real estate. Season this six. This is penultimate episode of a season, but it's like planting the seed for future things to happen. Game of Thronesy Again, not Game of Thronesy just great fucking television. Totally. Okay? Great fucking television. Regularness of life, Naya. I want She's her sitting life. on the counter, reading about real estate. Another scene with Carmen Tony at the kitchen table. I want to go back and log these moments. They're beautiful moments. We talk about them a lot. Life is going to be okay kind of moments in the midst of complete entropy. Jackie's going to die. Ralphie's fucked up. Armor foe is done. But there's a tender regularness of life moment and we always get them why they end on patsy the final shot the choice we talk about this at least for the last four episodes Mm. cars moments in cars moments in cars i'm about to have this moment where i when i walk out of here i'm going to jump on the phone and talk to katie while i'm walking to my car to get in with the groceries to go home we was have this them every the song day. that was a Dean Martin song that Bob Dylan then yeah. redid? Yes. And it's the second time that mm-hmm. we've heard this song, but they did it specifically for the show, correct? Yes, mm-hmm. because Bob Dylan's a fan of The Sopranos and he wanted to do it. Of course he did. Isn't that crazy? For some reason, something about this scene breaks my heart. Yeah. Every time, the music, the way the cars are, the, the traffic on the street, it's very nostalgic. It makes me gulp every time. Return to Me is the name of the song. I think you said it. Mm-hmm. I could tell in the director's cut that it was like a really, it was a big badge of honor when mm-hmm. David Chase was talking about the fact that Bob Dylan wanted to do a song on his show. It's nuts. I think we did this episode justice. We did. I hope we did. David Chase is one of his favorite episodes. Uh, The season finale of season three will be next week. Thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, Naya. Thank you, Vic. We will see you next week.